A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, hello, and welcome to another Arsblog Arscast, right here on arsblog.oleole.com. Hope you're well. Hope the snow has melted wherever you are. It's pretty much melted here. Still haven't had a game of football, though. All the football pitches are frozen over, and even when they were unfrozen the other night, the game was called off anyway, due to, I don't know what, a little bit of rain, I believe. That's how crazy things have gotten here. Little bit of rain, no football. And we're playing on an all-weather pitch, you know. An all-weather pitch. By its very nature, you can play on it in all weathers. Even snow. Of course, trying to find an orange football is the difficult part of playing in snow these days. Uh, So I'm dying for a game of football. Haven't had one. Don't know why I'm telling you this, really. But anyway, uh, coming up on this week's show, we have got uh, Gunnar Hollick from GunnarHollick.com, and he'll be along to discuss many things. Uh, Not least of which, of course, is the main story, the big story, the weighty story of the week, the return of Arsene's favorite heavy machine, Saul Campbell. He played for the reserves in midweek, and it does look as if he's going to sign a deal till the end of the season, which will provide us some cover and experience in the central defensive area. But worries remain about Saul Campbell. Can he still do it at the top level? Will he be reinvigorated after his seven or eight months off, or will he be as rusty as a box of nails that have been left out in the rain? I could probably have thought of a smarter analogy than that, but never mind. You know what I'm talking about. So that to come, as well as Den Nielsen will be here, some poetry from Tony Adams, uh, and the usual waffle looking ahead to the Bolton games. Not just one game against Bolton, two games against Bolton in a matter of days. I think they call that cruel and unusual punishment. I think that's Bolton twice. Anyway, uh, that's all to come between now and the end of the show. Uh, last weekend we played Everton. The game went ahead. It was one of the only games uh, that went ahead last weekend in the Premier League. Uh, Fair play to everybody at the club for uh, getting out the burners and burning ice off the steps and making sure that the the stadium and the surrounds and the pitch and everything else was ready for a game of football. And I have to say, after about 90 minutes, I was thinking, "Hmm, maybe you shouldn't have worked quite so hard. I mean, it's great and everything, but, you know, we wouldn't be a goal down now and about to lose to Everton. Uh, but then, of course, we got that late, late equaliser through Thomas Rosicki after good work from Diaby, a deflected goal. They all count, don't they? As did De Nielsen's in the first half. Uh, but it wasn't a particularly great Arsenal performance by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, really poor defending for both the goals. Uh, the first one, Osman, I don't know, he would only come up to my nipple, I think. Not that I've ever tried, but I, I guess that's about as far as he'd come up because he's quite little. 
Uh, and he runs in and gets a free header and puts Everton 1-0 up. Bad defending, bad organisation. And the second goal, of course, we were uh, at 1-1 going on to try and win the game, but there really is no excuse when all your players get caught in uh, their half of the pitch because uh, you can see what happens in Pinar. Uh, put the ball over Almunia to make it 2-1. Uh, Danielson then had his funny little fainting spell. Had to go off. Very odd incident, that, I thought. But uh, thankfully, it didn't cost us because uh, Everton played on, which was very sporting of them, having seen a player collapse. And I think it was uh, Vaughan who took a shot and uh, Almunia made the save. And then they put the ball out, which is very sporting of them. Um. Almuni as well, another very odd performance from him. He he looks like a guy who's afraid all the time. Doesn't know where he's supposed to be, what he's supposed to be doing, and that fear is transmitting itself. It's like an ooze oozing over the defense. I don't does anyone remember this stuff you used to get um years and years ago? It was a toy, and it was called slime. And you got it in a a, a plastic kind of a tub thing. And I, the whole point of it was you just put it somewhere and it would just make slime and spread out all over a, a table. And I remember putting it on a table at home when I was much younger, of course. I suppose I was about seven or eight and leaving it there and forgetting about it. And it managed to completely suck all the color out of one um, part of this particular table. Uh, the folks were not best pleased, I have to, uh, have to admit. But that's what Almunia is like. He's like a big piece of slime on our defence, sucking all the confidence and goodness out of them. So not our best day at the office, but nonetheless we kept going, and uh, credit to the lads for showing the spirit to stay in it and to get the late equaliser. And then, this week we hear about how we're going to re-sign Saul Campbell. And it's a, a strange one, because, you know, Arsene never goes back, and he never signs players of 35 years of age, but he obviously knows that we've got a problem at the centre of our defence, in the sense that we don't have any cover worth speaking of. Song is away, Senderos wants to leave, uh, Arsene doesn't particularly want to play Senderos, Sylvester is Sylvester. So, an injury to Gallison and Vermalen, as we've said all along, is going to be uh, pretty much a disaster. But, you know, while Campbell has been training with us, Nobody really thought he'd he'd re-sign him. And, you know, you have to ask, can he still do it? Does he have the legs? They must have looked at him, done all the tests, done the fitness. And I suppose you can look at someone maybe, uh, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Stephen Carr, who's at Birmingham now, and who retired, completely retired from football, didn't kick a ball for seven months, and now is playing probably... Uh, the best football of his career. So maybe a little break uh, won't do him any harm, but we'll have to wait and see whether or not he can still cut the mustard on the pitch. Uh, oh, I've got some what breaking news now about a about a transfer. Another transfer. H- hang on. Arsenal Football Club today announced the signing of Ted Drake on a long-term contract for an undisclosed fee. Chairman Peter Hillwood said... Taylor's got a wealth of experience, and he brings an added corpseness to the side, which will be vital in our quest for trophies this season. Drake is likely to play this weekend, while the club have denied reports that Egyptian striker Tutankhamen is on his way. And one of the other things that people have kind of overlooked is that as, as one gets older, there's a natural widening of oneself. And it's three and a half years since uh, Saul Campbell left, and he was a big guy then. Let's face it, he was a a big man. And 
now it's going to take opposition strikers even longer to go around him. So it'll give the other defenders uh, more time to get back into position. I'm just trying to look at the positives here. Anyway, to talk more about Saul and uh, all the other bits and pieces that are going on, I'm glad to welcome back to the Arscast uh, Gunnar Hollick from GunnarHollick.com. Hello there. Hello there, blog. Thanks for inviting me again. Uh, you're very welcome. Good to have you back. Now, the uh, the place we have to start, obviously, is Saul Campbell. Uh, it's the big story of the week. He's on the verge of a return. We can assume, I think, fairly safely that he's he's coming back to the club. Leaving aside the fact that you're probably delighted that there's a player in the team who's uh, older than you are, um, <laughs> what are your thoughts in general on, on Saul Campbell and his return, having been away, and, and taking into account everything that's happened and the way he left the club, etc., etc.? How do you feel about his uh, his return to Arsenal? I think the strange thing is the kind of uniformity of um, greeting that it's got. Apart from a couple of the obvious places where you knew they were not going to be best pleased, I think by and large everybody's response has been the same. And it's kind of, well, I, I don't see that he's got anything to offer at Premiership level when he's not been playing competitively all season. Is the negative side that's eating at you. But then there's this other side that says, well, actually, Wenger's seen him in training for the last three months. He's obviously worked with the fitness guys and with the coaches. So they've had a long time to form an opinion on whether or not he can contribute something. And I I suppose you have to, in the blog, I've said you're going to have to go along with uh, Wenger on, on his opinion of that. So, you know, it's exactly what you've been saying as well. I mean, you can't be outwardly critical of it because it could be a great idea. We need the experience, there's no doubt about that. But <laughs> let's hope it comes off anyway. And I suppose that the main thing, of course, is that we've got a we've got a centre half. We needed a centre half very badly. Um, Senderos is out of favour. Sylvester doesn't convince anybody, and and then you have to take into account it's January. So maybe if he is looking longer term at bringing somebody in in the central defensive area, um, January is a more difficult time to do it. And and we've spoken about the experience, of course, that that Saul Campbell has, and you can't really. Um, underestimate how important that is in a dressing room because like I said in the blog yesterday I think you get the uh, 2007-2008 season when we got into that kind of final part of the season and without the experience of guys that have been there and done that we sort of fell apart so to have a a couple of guys like that around uh, with him and with Galas um, is no bad thing for the young players No, quite right. There's kind of two sides to that point that you've just made. If I address the first one, the six-month contract that we assume is going to be signed, the short-term deal, is kind of making an awful lot of sense because you do have a couple of young centre-halves coming up at the moment who aren't going to be able to contribute to the first team or at premiership level, we assume, this season. But will he's not going to hold up their development any. They weren't going to play anyway this season. But next season may be their turn. And, you know, he or who knows, William Gallus may not be around next season yet. But let's worry about that when we get to the summer. So I think in those terms, a six-month deal is a good one. Uh, the, the fact remains, can he do it at premiership level? Mm. Yeah, I know that the experience in dragging us over the line that he's talking about would be fantastic, but he needs to bring two things to the party. One, his legs have not got to be shot. Well, we'll assume that they've had a good look at that over the three months in training, mm-hmm. and, and they're not. The second thing, of course, is Arsene is great, isn't he? You hear him every week talking about this, this mental strength 
uh, and the, the intelligence. Well, that is the other slight concern that you would have with Sol Campbell, isn't it? Now, if he's coming back and he's, he's mentally strong, uh, then fine. I think we've got ourselves a player who could do a great job. And in fact, if you look at um, the, the, the reasons behind us conceding goals, the biggest one would be from set pieces, balls just lumped into the box. He's the ideal guy to have sitting there. He'll head them out all day. Mm. So if you do need him to come in and do a job, that's the job you need him to do. And can he withstand the pressure of a, a premiership challenge mentally? I think they've probably come to the opinion that, yes, he's refreshed and he can do it. So that's the positive way of looking at it, I think. All right. I mean, the other thing as well that we have to, I suppose, discuss is the fact that it, it, it marks a little bit of a change for Arsene Wenger in terms of uh, the way he's approaching his squad and the setup of his squad that he has. Um, I, I, I don't doubt that the Saul Campbell... Um, deal was probably the easiest option for him in the sense that it was there. He didn't have to go looking for someone, etc., etc. But he has gone back, brought a player back that he had before, which he rarely, if ever, does. Saul Campbell is 35 years of age, and I think that's probably the oldest player we've ever signed, outfield player player anyway. Maybe Mark Poom was a bit older when he signed as a, as a goalkeeper. So there's the, not admission, but you're looking at Arsene Wenger thinking, okay, well, maybe... I've got to address the balance in my squad and a bit more experience isn't going to hurt. Yeah, um, I, I think probably there is kind of a precedent. Although he wasn't bringing a player back to the club, I think the deal that brought Davor Schuker to Arsenal, mm. again, it, that was only gonna, he was only ever going to have a year at the club or whatever it sure. was. Uh, he was at the tail end of a long career, but we were in desperate need of somebody who could put the ball in the back of the net while we were bringing on, I think at the time, you, Henri was converting from winger to centre-forward. You had Ali Adier, I think, had just signed. You had, we had players who could uh, move into the role but weren't quite finished. And I think this is the reason behind Campbell's six months. You've got centre-halves who are possibly ready coming up. And, of course, let's not forget, you've got Juru, who should be fit again come the summer, sure. who is going to be knocking on the door next year. So I think there is kind of a precedent. I think it's a good deal from that respect. But, yeah, you can... He's not... Arsene has now opened himself up to criticism. Well, you could have perhaps done a little bit more to keep players like Robert Perez, for example, who I think most people thought we could have done with keeping for a year or two. But what's the point in raking up old old news like that? Indeed. All right. Well, we you spoke about um, putting the ball in the back of the net, and and uh, it has been something of a challenge for our strikers. Anyway, it's not that we're not necessarily scoring goals, and and going into the transfer window, I, I think all the focus was on bringing in a striker because of Bentner's injury and Van Persie's injury. And uh, I'm delighted, of course, that we have done something for the central defensive issue because I thought that was uh, uh, an area we just couldn't afford to ignore. Nevertheless, Bentner's back in a couple of weeks, but um, can he get up to speed quickly enough to make an impact in those games, the the uh, United, Chelsea, Liverpool and Villa games, which are which are going to be absolutely crucial. Um, he's the kind of player that needs a bit of a run in the team to find his form, to find his touch. Um, do you think that he's, he's probably still going to be looking out for uh, a striking option? And given what he's done with Saul Campbell, 
is it beyond the realms of possibility that he might do another type of Davor Sukur deal and bring in somebody on a short-term contract uh, who isn't necessarily going to leave him with tough decisions to make in, in the summer? Uh, I would say that were entirely possible if I could think who was out there. And the only name I've heard mentioned as a possible in that respect uh, is Thierry Henry. And uh, I can't. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> let's talk about. Let's, let's keep it in the realms of reality. <laughs> I, I, um, I can't imagine for one moment that Henri, who I saw mentioned somewhere, and I can't remember where. Forgive me, but I can't think for one moment that if there had been contact or if there was any chance of that happening, it would not now be blazed all over the place. Mm. Uh, so uh, beyond that, I I don't know that there are any great candidates for the short-term deal. However, there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. For having said that, um, the, the, the back up to your question, do, do I think we ought to sign somebody then? Hell yes, you're that close. Uh, three points off the lead in the best shape we've been for some time, I think, in terms of a premiership challenge. I know we're scoring goals and there are people who say, no, don't sign somebody who's going to upset the dressing room morale and all the rest of it. But one thing the old man always said to me, never, ever look back and say you were sorry about not doing something. Mm. And I don't want us to get to the end of the season and give people who are anti-Wenger the ammunition to say, look, we said in January you needed to sign somebody to get you over the line. And it's the one thing that I think they've possibly got a point about. I don't want us to get to May and for the lack of a goal scorer, miss out on the big prize. And I don't think the goal scorer is needed week in, week out. But I do think if you look at the games, and you've just spoken about the four games coming up against Villa, Chelsea, Manchester United and Liverpool, um, those sorts of opposition I think we're going to struggle to score against playing that little front line. And I can hear someone saying, we got three against Villa at home. Mm. Villa away will be a different kettle of fish. And the way that we're playing at the moment will be so dependent, I think, on midfield players coming through to score. Uh, and I, they've done a great, great job in, in adding to the total from the middle of the park. 
but we can't expect that they're going to go on doing it week in, week out. So, yes, I would like to see the side strengthen because I don't believe for one moment when Bentner comes back, he's going to be able to play 20, 25 straight games without picking up another strain or a knock. And as you say, it's going to get, take him time to get back into the swing of things because contrary to popular belief, in the last 12 weeks, he has not turned into a world-class player. <laughs> he's going to have to rediscover his touch again. Yeah. So I would certainly go out and buy someone. Uh, of course, uh, it also allows... Uh, allows us maybe to get the best out of Andre Arshavin, who, who has been struggling, I think, um, in, in, terms of, uh, in terms of his own form. I know he scored that goal against Liverpool and he, he got a goal against Stoke. Um, but, you know, he's 5'5 five five or 5'6. Five he's not a central striker. So even by bringing in somebody who can play that central striking role or who can compete with Bentner, let's say, for that central striking role, it, it improves us further back um, and improves our chances, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you have a couple of options, of course, with Arshavit. Well, three, if you include him as a centre-forward, but you can play him out wide mm. or you can bring him back. If there's going to be any ongoing problem with Fabregas' hamstrings, I can't think of a better, more creative player to have coming in from behind the centre-forward than Arshavin. And I, I do feel for it kind of... I see the criticism now starting to creep in and I think I can't understand people criticising someone who has that sort of talent who's being asked to do a job that is so obviously very foreign to him. When you've got someone who's five foot four every week coming up against six foot odd centre forwards, he's not receiving the ball very often in those spaces in behind them, which is where you think he would get the results. He's having to come back and look for it, and, and playing with his back to goal is probably not his his strength. So he's he's done a great job filling in for us, but for now, I would I actually think that it's, let's give Eduardo the job. I know Eduardo was struggling for a for a wee while, but if you look now, he's got what four goals in five games or something like that. Mm. I think now is the time to give him that job and let Arshavin come back and do what he's best at. I would agree with that entirely. Let's um, let's go back to Everton um, very quickly. And a good spirit, you have to say, to keep going. Uh, the goals we conceded were a worry, and, and um, many of the goals we conceded this season have been down to us making mistakes rather than excellent football on, on the part of the opposition. But I know I'm springing this on you a little bit, but the goalkeeping situation, Manuel Almuni a little bit all over the place again. Um uh, is he is the manager in a difficult position because Almuni is the captain of the side in the absence of Fabregas? Um, why is he showing Almunia, or why does he have much more patience with Almunia and his performances over the course of a season than he did with Jens Lehmann, who made two big mistakes and uh, was out of the team um, as quick as you like? Yeah, I think we're in a situation where Almunia's problems are probably. Again, we were talking earlier about mental, sorry, mental, what am I talking about? <laughs> mental attributes rather than physical attributes. And I think it's a fair guess to say that it's what's happened in his personal life and what happened to his mother-in-law seems to have knocked the confidence out of him. Now, Arsene obviously has come to the conclusion that the only way he's going to get his confidence back is to play. Um, and I think for a while, when he came back against Tottenham and a few games thereafter, I think he did strengthen us a wee bit, but he's, his decision-making seems to 
be inconsistent at the moment. And I, with what's at stake at the moment, I think I agree with you. I would take him out the firing line. I know there are people who say that he's finished and we should buy a goalkeeper. I think that's being a little bit quick and a little bit harsh under the circumstances. I think the time has now come to perhaps give Fabianski an extended run because he's getting to the age where you have to make a decision about you know, whether you, he's going to be the next number one or whether we need to bring through Manoni or whether we need to bring another young goalkeeper in behind. So I would certainly, for now, give Fabianski the job, let Almunia go away, sort out whatever's going on in his head, uh, and then form a decision later once you see whether he's going to come back or not. Mm. Does it say something about Wenger's um, belief or faith in Fabianski that he hasn't yet given him a chance, or or no, has he got to get so. to the end of his tether with Almunia? No, I don't think so. I, I think he decided, as I say, I think he decided he needed to play to get his confidence back. But we're kind of in a catch-22 situation now where every week he goes out and drops a major clanger. Mm. Uh, it, it's it's biting, biting us all back in the bum, really, isn't it? He's, he's not yeah. going to get his confidence back like that. I would now take him out of the firing line for a wee while and then make a decision later on. All right. Uh, finally, um, Bolton. Uh, we've got two games against Bolton in the space of uh, three days. Yes, yes. Um, I think it's the first time we've ever done that, played back-to-back Premier League games against the, the same opposition. And um, they've got the whole new manager thing going on. So we're going to be up against a fairly, uh, fairly motivated uh, Bolton team who, as we know, are physical. They work hard. They, they make life difficult for you at the best of times. Um, what do you make of these? We've, obviously, we've got Fabregas back, and, and, and that's a big, uh, a big bonus for us. Uh, is there any disadvantage or advantage to playing them twice in a, in the matter of days? I wouldn't have thought so, in all honesty. Um, you're talking about the change of manager. It's going to be very strange playing against Bolton and actually liking the manager. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to be able to get my head around that one at all. But it's his first two games. He's not going to make a silk purse out of a sow's ear overnight. So I don't see them changing the, what they're good at, basically. It's going to be two tough physical games. I think there's possibly one thing that's going in our favour, and this is going to sound terrible, because I'm a big Danielson fan, but it looks as though Danielson is probably not going to be available for at least the first of the two games mm. after his collapse last week. And I think that gives us the opportunity to put Diaby where I think Wenger has wanted to play him for the last three seasons, but the bugger keeps on getting injured. But him in the holding role, you've then got a little bit of height in there as well, because you know full well that Bolton's main method of attack is going to be to get the ball onto the head of Kevin Davis. Mm. And I think, given that we are vulnerable in that area, to have the six-foot DRB in front of him, even though he's got a head like a thrummy bit, as long as it's bounced... <laughs> As long as it's bouncing off away from Davies, then that's going to be a help to us. Oh. All right. Um, well, we, we better leave it there. We'll wait and see what happens. Um, I, personally, I see the Abbey a, a bit further forward, but in the absence of Danielson, I don't know uh, that there is anybody else who, who can do that job. So hopefully he doesn't get too carried away with well, himself. The option is Ramsey, but anybody who saw yeah. Ramsey at Wolves knows that he's better going, for it, yeah. going forward as well. Yeah. I would sit the Abbey back there and have Ramsey alongside uh, Fabregas. All right, then. Uh, Gunnar Hollick, thank you very much for your time. We'll talk to you again soon. Uh, Cheers. Thank you, Blog. Cheers.
Gunnerholic's blog can be found at www.gunnerholic.com. It is, of course, a haven of common sense and a, a place where you can find polite and interesting discourse, which sets it apart from many other places on this worldwide web of ours. Thank you very much to him, and we'll have him back on the show in the very near future, I'm sure. And now, before we go on, this. Oh, hello, everyone. It's me again, Dan. Dan Nielsen, the Arsenal midfielder. I have to say, on a personal level, the last week has been a bit trying. We had that game against Everton, and 2-2 it was in the end. I found it a bit of a struggle, I have to say, playing against Fellaini. He's so tall. He is good, though, isn't he? You know me, though. I do like the length of his hair. (laughs) And then late in the game, I was going along... And I got a terrible pain in my side. I had to fall over. I couldn't even handle the ball. I couldn't kick it out of play. Everton nearly scored. The boss gave me a terrible hard time in the dressing room afterwards. They sent me for a scan. And it turns out it was a problem with the appendix. The doctors told me about it before. But even though they do give me gut wrench... They're so delicious. <laughs> now, ahead of the two games coming up against Bolton, one on Sunday and one on Wednesday, uh, the early team news is that Sesc Fabregas is back, which is good news. Uh, the captain will be back to lead the side, and uh, we are a different team with him in it, no question about it. Uh, as Hollick was saying, there's probably going to be no Denilson, so that'll mean uh, Diaby in the holding midfield role, and maybe uh, the boss has got a decision to make between Aaron Ramsey and Thomas Rosicki uh, for that other midfield place. Uh, Ramsey has been playing very well, but again, consistency is the issue with him. He is, of course, only 18 years of age, and maybe he might feel that uh, Rosicki's experience and and his creative new might be the uh, the order of the day. And of course, Ramsey is still a good option from the bench. He is a kind of guy that can come off and score goals from the bench. He can make an impact, and he's done it in the past. Whereas you might look at somebody that we've brought on, uh, like Carlos Vela, without being down on Vela. Uh, he doesn't necessarily do an awful lot when he's brought on from the bench. He's got no great pedigree in coming on and scoring a goal, which is why I kind of found the substitution the other week against Everton. Now, I found that a bit strange when he took Eduardo off, but never mind. Um, so that's the early team news. We don't have any more than that. I would like to see, as we were discussing with the Holic there, uh, Fabianski get a chance in goal. I think Almunia has had more than enough chances this season. Uh, I think had... Fabianski not been injured that time. Wasn't it a Carling Cup game? Might have been the one against Liverpool. And he was coming back and Almunia had just had his um, episode, whatever you want to call it. And he came back, played the whole game, and then was immediately out for three weeks. So I think he missed a chance there to stake his claim in the team because Almunia was going to be out for some time. Manone took over at that point or stayed in the team. I can't quite remember the uh, logistics of it. Uh, But I think it's about time that Fabianski got uh, a go. And if he turns out to be worse than Almunia, well then, what can you do? You have to say, <laughs> we have to go spend some money in the uh, goalkeeping transfer market uh, in the summer. Um, Almunia, I think, is not going to be affected by being dropped because he must know himself that he's all over the place, that he is essentially a shadow of the goalkeeper that he was the last couple of seasons when he was uh, never going to be a world-class goalkeeper, but he was pretty good. 
you have to say. That display at Old Trafford in the Champions League uh, semi-final was fantastic. A really good shot stopper. And he, he was a confident goalkeeper. And the difference, you can see it in his face. Uh, he's all over the place. So hopefully uh, Fabianski can uh, get a run in the team. And then you've got a motivated goalkeeper. A guy who knows that if he plays well, he's going to keep his, uh, his, his place in the team. Um, and he's young. And you know he is kind of the future in a way. Uh, so uh, that kind of competition will be good, and, and I think we, we really need to address this uh, goalkeeping issue as soon as possible to add at least a little bit of confidence and um, calmness to our defence. Not that Fabianski's Johnny Cam or anything, but the defenders don't seem as panicky around him as they do Manuel Almunia. So I'm, I'm hoping for six points out of six from Bolton, um, as I would do every time, playing them twice in successive games is unusual. Uh, hopefully, we'll be glad to see the back of them, but glad to see the back of them with six points in our back pocket. So keeping fingers crossed for a good performance this weekend, um, we'll have to leave it there. So I'll talk to you all next week on the blog and, of course, on next week's Arscast. Until then, take it easy. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Hello everyone, Tony Adams here with another poem on the Arscast. This week my poem is entitled Superman because it is about Sol Campbell and Campbell's made soup and Superman is what they call a play on words. Anyway, it goes a little bit like this. Oh Sol, you used to be there Sol, Sol. Then you left them, and you became one of us. You were our soul. Then you left, and now you're back again. And there's nothing I like more than a fit, muscular, our soul. Soul. Thank you very much. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.